Welcome back to Country and Cold Cans. I'm Logan Zanier with Chucker, Andy, and Kyle. Uh, if you guys haven't heard it, Andy and Kyle like it a lot more than I do because it's not really my style of music, but that was referencing the new Hardy Rock song on the Big, Big Loud Rock uh, label that they started. Um, I think it's called was, Sold Out. I think I like your screaming more than his. <laughs> hey, well, let us let us know what you what you think, listeners. I think you, I think you have an alternative path into the music industry. <laughs> Just screaming little yes. clips for like two seconds, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, so before we jump into everything, like, what do you guys think of that song? Because I know it's more up your alley than mine. I'm not like as big it. as I'm not as big of a fan as you think I am. Um, I think Hardy's more of a puddle of mud than he is a. Then he is maybe more little hardcore, right? Kind of th- more of a mud shovel. Uh, what is it with these bands and their obsession with mud? Puddle of mud, mud shovel, mud vein, mud vein. I don't. Mud shovel is the song. Mud vein is the band. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Yeah, uh, mud shovel is a song. <laughs> Still by a lot Stained. of mud. Yeah, Lots mud shovel mud. is a song by Stained. Um, there's a, your obligatory stained reference every episode. You already know. <laughs> you already know. Um, I think I think Hardy could cover a stain song fairly well. Probably. Yes. I think you know. Logan thinks it's not it's, very hard. I mean, Logan is wrong about a few things in his life, <laughs> um, and that would be one of them. I, like I said, I don't, I don't know what he was really trying to accomplish with it. I mean, rock out. I don't really think he did rock out. <laughs> I think he rocked out. I think he rocked out more on the puddle of mud cover than he did on this. Um, yeah, I would agree I, with that statement. I mean, like yeah. he did a really good job on that cover of uh, that song, but he did an excellent blurry. job. Yeah, blurry. Yeah. But but this one, like, I don't dislike it. I, if it comes on my Spotify mix, depending on my mood, I'm not going to skip it. It doesn't make me upset. Uh, it's it's labeled a rock song, which I appreciate. Um, mm-hmm. it, when artists do something like that and they don't label it on Spotify or iTunes or is iTunes even a thing? I guess it's Apple Music now. They don't label it uh, country. Like it's a rock song. It's released on the rock imprint of his uh, label. So I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, he you know what he obviously song, has a lot of rock influence. The song I would really like to hear Hardy cover is "Animals" by Dickelback. I, I think that. I think he could do a really good job with that song. Yeah, um, because there is no screaming in it. <laughs> Screaming's not his forte. And I thought he did good. I don't think he did bad with the screaming, but at the same time, I also am a guy who really doesn't like a lot of screaming in my songs. It takes a, it's it's quite a talent. I mean, it's incredibly harmful on your vocal cords for one. So most most bands that are into that, they have one guy that does the screaming and another guy that yeah does the singing. Um, not all the time, but. Um, for the most part, um, I thought it was okay. I just don't really know what he was trying to what he was trying to prove. Well, he's like, trying to prove, tell you that he's wall to wall and he still ain't sold out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't really know if he proved it. Co liked it. He tweeted that after the song came out on Twitter. He just said wall to wall and I still ain't sold out. And some people went ham on him in the comments. Some people still were just heard, like, "We're gonna have to audit this." <laughs> I still haven't heard Co scream in a song yet. And oh, we've he, heard him scream. I mean, he did it on. Yeah, but 
And not uh, yeah, it was just nonsense noise. It sounded like SpongeBob and Patrick uh, on yeah. screaming, running through the under bikini bottom. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't know if that's really his forte. So yeah, it's fine. It's a fine song. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not like a a, a stan about it. Yeah. Well, I like it. <laughs> that's because. As we'll find out later in the episode when we get to the songs, Andy <laughs> hates country music. Remember that, folks. <coughs> yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So moving into the top story here on the rundown is it's pretty, pretty simple. It's been all over Twitter today. It has to do with um, probably the biggest college basketball game in 50 years, maybe since uh, Magic versus Bird in 79 and the national title game with Michigan State versus Indiana State. It's definitely a big deal to North Carolinians, um, Duke versus North Carolina Final Four. But the music-related thing to this is Eric Church, App State grad, known Tar Heel fan, big Tar Heel guy, goes to uh, basketball games, football games, friends with Mac Brown, unfortunately. And um, he... <laughs> had a sold out show in San Antonio with like had like 20,000 tickets sold like about 24 hours before the show. He cancels the show so he and his family can go to the final four game. He releases a statement and was basically apologizing to his fan base, which is called the church choir, saying that this is probably the most selfish thing he can do. Um, but he hopes they understand it's the same passion that f- fuels his fan base and with how what how they react when they're at a concert is how he feels at a basketball game. And this is like a once in a lifetime game that's never happened before in the tournament, especially in the final four that he hopes they understand and hopes that they can be happy uh, that uh, for him and his family being able to experience something like this. And so, I mean, he, he released an apology about it. Um, it it's one of those things that I guess some people on Twitter are pissed about it. If you're an Eric Church fan who you spent a lot of money to go to that show, some people who are just the pinkies out, uh, nothing in the mainstream is worth the shit. Independent fans are trashing Eric Church and acting like he has crazy shitty music, which is they're wrong. Then there's the mm-hmm. folks who act like that. Nothing's wrong with it. Very few of those I've seen, but that's wrong too, in my opinion. I think everybody's wrong across the board. But um, what is y'all's take on this? Uh, Eric Church canceling about a day before the show, 20,000 sold-out arena show to go to Duke Carolina at the Final Four in New Orleans. Um, I actually have a great deal of problems with this. Um, It isn't so much – he's a professional. All right. Sometimes being a professional, you may have to do things that inconvenience inconvenience you. And, you know, it's very North Carolina of him to not go to either one of the schools, but still be a fan of one of the <laughs> two schools. Um, but retweet. It isn't so much the fact that he's a big fan. That's understandable. No, no fault there. It's the fact of we knew this. And it may not entirely be his fault. There may be a number of things, the promoter, the venue, and all this stuff. But we knew the game was set four days ago. Many people already have hotel rooms. They already have accommodations for their kids. They already have a number of things lined up so they can go to this show. And now they're on the hook for that. Yeah. He may reimburse (laughs) them the ticket cost. 
but he's not, but not the, the hotel, hotel, not the travel, especially not the travel. The, not I saw someone guy on Twitter saying that he had airfare. He they, they were flying right, into air, San Antonio. Air, for this. Yeah, airfare. I mean, you know, it, if you live in a small town or or you know a rural state, he may not even be coming to your state. Yeah, um, which is just you know it is it is what it is. So you know, a lot of people spend a lot of hard earned money on this, and he. I, I, I mean, I get it that he wants to watch the game, but he still is a professional. Record it, turn your phone off, and watch it live on the recorded, and be just as surprised as everyone. It's Don't tough. Get it. It's it's tough. I know to it's watch not the same. recorded game these I, days, though. I know. I, I, like I said, turn your phone off. I don't even bother it. watching the recorded game because someone's going to ruin it for me with a text message, uh, Instagram meme. You, you can put your phone on airplane mode. There's a way to get around it if he really wants to. I guess but it's he's still, true, but, but but he's still a professional. So yeah. he's a touring musician. It comes with the territory. Sure. Um, I know it's a once in a lifetime thing, but I'm sure there are many people from Alabama that have missed Alabama Auburn games, or missed or from Georgia that have missed, you know, the Georgia Georgia in the playoff or Georgia in the national title because they were yeah, doing other things. The equivalent with the Alabama Auburn would be Alabama Auburn in the CFP. That would be the equivalent to this because it it isn't. Right, I'm not saying but, that I 100% agree with Eric Church, but it's this I isn't just wrong. a Duke Carolina a regular season game or Duke Carolina ACC tournament game. This is a Final Four matchup, first time ever matched up in the tournament with high stakes. Coach K's potentially last game. I, like right. there's a, this, is, that is, this is a lot bigger of a game. Um, I think that where I agree with you was he handled it very poorly. Um, he should have, <laughs> well, if you ask me, the fact that he had a show scheduled for the day of the Final Four means he didn't have much confidence in the Tar Heels to get there in the fucking first place. But this is true. But in reality, was like they should have canceled it and made uh, ahead of the twenty-four hour cancellation policy. Um, they should have yeah. done it in in a more timely fashion. If he was the going game to was do set it. four days ago. Yes. Yes. Like this should, should have been done. If he was, and if he was set before. on If he was set on it, you know, cause I think a lot of airlines have, you know, 24, 48 hours where you can reschedule your flight, you know, things like that where people can make accommodations, hotels, you know, they might, might allow you to not get your money back, but you can move the room date 24 hours out. I mean, those people are just, they're just fucked. Yeah. And I, to me, to me, that, that part is unacceptable. People pay hard earned money to yeah. watch you play a show. And I'm a big air church fan, but that that's just, it's incredibly selfish. And I mean, you know, he, he, he can do whatever he wants free country, but to me that that's unprofessional to me. Yeah. As a, now, and I, I, he, he does lose a few before I make my next point. I want to, Andy, I want to bring you into this. What do you think about this? Like what's your take on the whole air church cancellation for the final four? the most part I would agree with what Kyle said. And uh, I don't really like the fact that he apologizes for it. Cause I, I think the fact that you're willing to do that would kind of say that you really didn't care that much, you know, to begin with about it. But uh, another thing is about the concert or yeah, sort of, but um, so you're saying if he didn't apologize, that would mean he cared about the concert. I don't understand the logic there Um, to explain that uh, for the, uh, that he's apologizing more so is that, um, you know, it's like the, uh, the type, you know, how people are, I'll tie two points in at the same time. You know, like everybody's like, oh, I'm so thankful for my fans and all of this stuff. And then, you know, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't make it. And I'm like, well, 
you could make it and you chose not to. Well, he didn't say, I'm sorry, I I can't make it. He's saying, I'm sorry that I'm not going to make it. I I think it comes across as more insincere. It's not truly an apology. It's more like, hey, uh, I'm sorry I I kind of pissed a lot of people off, but I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, this is why I don't like when anyone apologizes anyways, because no one fucking means it when they apologize. Yeah, Yeah, they don't. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's it's really insincere more so. Yeah, so I think he just. He he has like a prestige you know he's a prestigious artist and all that and i, I don't know what's another sporting event that's going on the same day as duke carolina Kansas i mean this one over i mean say what if like like another team or someone from some other sport i don't know i'm sure there's a, a nascar race that day because that's uh say oh sorry guys i'm not racing today. I'm, I'm going to duke carolina game do you think they would still have a job the next week <clears throat> yes i mean he's he's big enough to get they would just call it sick yeah, he's well, he's big enough to get I'm away saying, with it. I I would say it would the only thing equivalent would be like you know the Alabama Auburn game in the college football playoff playoff or SEC title game, uh, or say I don't know who's a damn big country fan, a big country artist who's a fan of the Daytona Five Hundred. I don't even know who watches racing Blake other Sheldon. than Andy Blake Sheldon. Um, uh, but but still, though, I mean, he, you're you're a professional. You're a touring musician. All of the, really, if Eric Church has a bone to pick with anyone, it should be with his promoter and touring agency. They should he shouldn't have scheduled a show the weekend of the Final Four and Championship weekend, because if he was a true fan, <laughs> this is going to be me being a stan. Um, if I was in Eric Church's situation, and even if I didn't have the slightest bit of confidence in my team making a run, I'm just immediately not going to have. Uh, event scheduled just in case they do yeah I, I hear you and I'm not gonna sit here and defend and act like he did nothing wrong I think he did, he did a lot poorly wrong. but I think context on everything is key and ignore the game ignore the game completely I think that when it comes to some of the hate that he's getting I think it's a bit unfair um, and a lot, I'll, of, I'll a give lot him, of things on Twitter are I'll, unfair, but I'll, yeah. I'll give my reasons why though Eric Church, you'll be hard pressed to find an artist who does more for his fan base than Eric Church. Yeah. He yeah. he none of these other artists like when he released Mr. Misunderstood to um like when he dropped that without announcing it the day of like I think it was the CMAs a few years back. He gave a copy to everybody that is in a uh, fan club for free. Like th- those are people that are guaranteed to buy your music. He gave it away for free. He has worked to keep uh, tickets at, on certain tours years ago when we were going, Andy, uh, low enough to where they weren't like $500 for you to have to go to it. He's worked hard against people scalping his tickets and trying to charge high resale things. A lot of these other artists won't do that. And then on top of that, he also is uh, has put on three-hour shows consistently over the last few tours where other these artists do their 90 minutes, same set list as they always do, and nobody cares. My point of contention I have with the independent fans, of which I consider myself most of the time, is they're trashing him for an act like he's the worst piece of shit ever. But they, when people like Turnpike, you know, cancel shows because of, you know, substance abuse issues that that is matters contextually too. like there were issues there, but they did cancel shows. They played shows when like when they weren't up to their A game and people let them buy with it. And it happened more than once. 
So yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, that's that's a like, fair critique. Like it, it's George Jones. He got the nickname No Show Jones because he would just not show up to shows. Like there, there is plenty of. I'm not saying them doing that makes this okay. I'm just saying that if we're going to criticize, we should criticize evenly whether they're mainstream or independent. And I do think that a lot of people are giving, because he's a mainstream or in the mainstream, he gets more flack just for that more so than what he actually did. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is, if I owned a ticket to that show, I would be extremely pissed off. Yes, I agree with that. Um, and I think that is, is fair. I mean, because it's, you know, imagine you, we had, we, we both had tickets to watch, you know, state East Carolina in a bowl game. And for some unknown we reason, must have had a just, shitty season to be playing y'all in a bowl game. Eh, well, <laughs> y'all one year, three games to open the season and then went for 500 and ACC play per usual. Uh, uh, but points to stance. We just, and then for some unknown reason, like they just canceled the bowl game a, yeah. a day or two before. Oh shit. We're already in Texas or, to watch the game. Or like what they the did to gonna... Duke and uh, I would Duke. What, that's or the Hawaii game. The Hawaii no, no. State NC game, State this past year won nine and three, six and two in the conference, got the holiday bowl against UCLA. UCLA backed out the morning of and everyone that paid flights and hotels to go out to San yeah, Diego from the East it Coast. Was it was it was a shit show. It was a shit. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm talking they caught about. the like, short I mean, end of that. No, I agree with that. I definitely I mean, agree with that. And I, I almost went to San Diego, and I'm glad I did. So, right, yeah. That, this is what this is what I'm saying. I, I just look at myself in that situation and say, I would be rightfully annoyed. Yeah, because I'm out that money and I'm not getting it back. Yeah, and now, you know, San Antonio is a travel. cool city. San Antonio is a cool city, but I'm not just what the fuck else am I going to do? <laughs> I mean, you go to the Alamo. Okay, that that killed an hour. <laughs> I mean, you know. Now, one just, thing I would like to bring up is somebody did say this on uh, Twitter, and it, I found it pretty funny. I realized that it's not an apples to apples comparison. Let me put that out there as a disclaimer. But nine out of ten people, if you give them tickets to the Final Four for this game, they're skipping work to go. Yeah, but you also don't have twenty thousand people that paid harder and money. I, I agree. It's, to, I said apples to apples. To apples. It's work. not. It's not apples to apples. But and is it that big of a you game? would skip not work? Really. I would skip work. Is let's, it that big of a game? Let, really. Okay, but you and I both would skip work. <laughs> Andy maybe not because Andy only likes finance and trucking. But, but for me, and he though, hates country to, music. If uh, it's different <laughs> though to an extent. Like uh. I guess, or my situation would be a little more similar to Eric Church. If if I don't show up, that means that job just does not get done. Period. At that late of notice, the job just doesn't get done. It's yeah. like Andy being the truck driver driving the Duke equipment to the <laughs> game, and he's like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm not even doing this. I'm and going Duke- Vill- I'm going to Villanova, guys. See, I'm going to watch that game. <laughs> yeah, and the Duke's just all of a sudden out there with like. <laughs> not their uniforms like obviously you know people are gonna get pissed the fuck off oh yeah i mean people that had tickets and that tr- i think the people that were local that had tickets i don't think they should be that pissed because no, the show's the gonna get that- made up and they're gonna be able to have the tickets are gonna be honored for it but it's people that did make travel accommodations and hotel stays and everything they have a right to be pissed and i don't blame them when i owe over that oh, um, yeah, like it makes the, you uh you, it makes you, know, you hesitant to travel 
Yeah, well, we, one one thing that was funny too is like one le- one person went on Twitter and said, uh, "One thing I can tell you is that even if NC State was had a time machine and you could give BJ Barham tickets to see the 1983 Lorenzo Charles dunk to beat Houston in the '83 title game, he would still play the show." And then BJ responded, "Um, how good are the seats?" <laughs> like, which brings me my, to my question here. Let's say that. Trucker, Andy, and Kyle are big time artists. You're selling out ten to twenty five thousand tickets, and Andy, you get to go attend a I don't know finance convention or a Dave Ramsey speech that's once in a lifetime. I don't know what you're into these days. Kyle, ECU's playing in the college football playoff national title when they're favored by ten. Are you? Are you a fantasy? Are you? (laughs) Are you going to try to? What would you do? Would you go or would you honor your commitment? Here's the thing. Um, Here's the deal. I would watch. Obviously, I would. I would be watching the season, and I would come about November when I could tell we were making a run. I would just be like, look. My manager, um, you might as well clear my slate for the entire month of January. I mean, that's, that's honestly what I would do. Sure. If we don't even make it. Well, that we goes back to my point. Eric Church must not really have too much confidence in his and beloved that, Heels and Hubert yeah. Davis to even make it to New Orleans. So, But, you know, if I could see that writing in, on the wall, I would just say, you might as well clear the slate. I'm not doing shit in January. Right. But because if you if you're your head, up, though, you have to choose between playing the show or seeing ECU and you already had everything scheduled. Would you play the show or would you go to Atlanta, let's say, to see ECU in the college football national title game? Gun to your head, you have to pick. Your step, you're at the airport and you're telling your private uh, airline pilot on your jet. How far away is my show from the game being played? I don't know. Say San Antonio to New Orleans is uh, the distance. Just pick two cities at random. Okay. Hmm. You know what I probably do is um, I probably just sit my phone down on the stage and play play the show, like I would do at a wedding. You know? <laughs> All right, Andy, um, you're playing your whatever music you're into these days, and you're going to see something that you really would like to see because I I've known you since we were five, and I feel like I don't really know you anymore. You don't like country music, you hate sports. He's a borderline communist. <laughs> I, Jesus Christ, that's wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, no, I, I would play the show because I am paranoid that if I make a commitment to something, even if it's something like I can't control and I can't make it, I'm paranoid that that kind of stuff's going to happen. Yeah. I can't yeah. stand like not be, being a no show, it, you know, especially at last minute. I can't, I can't deal with it. You it know, stresses me out. Yeah. It would eat me alive inside. I like to think just like everyone else in the our armchair situations here that I would play the show. Ultimately, it would suck, but I think I would have to play the show. But I don't think it's that easy of a decision, honestly. No, well, it's not. I, I think mean, that it would be something that I would be very, very tempted. Nah, nine o'clock, roughly. Mm, I'd be very tempted. Comes on. Yeah, yeah, very tempted to go to the game. Anybody that says that if you're a big sports fan and you love a team like a lot and they're playing in this type of mo- moment and you say that you... Uh, hundred percent wouldn't do it. I think you're lying. I do. I think you're lying. I think it would be a very difficult decision for big time sports fans in that situation. Now, ultimately, I think a lot of people would waffle between the two, but anybody that says they hundred percent wouldn't do it. You're lying. Don't believe it. Yeah. 
like I said, I think um, I think you're you're correct. He didn't have a lot of confidence, and two, um, I mean, like I said, the game was set on Saturday. As soon as they win, cancel the cancel the show. Yeah, not like they, they should have not, done it. In, my in, main beef is the fact it's twenty four hours out. Yeah, they should have definitely you left done people it holding the bag where they can't even reschedule because. You know, I, I, the way I look at it is, I can't remember, what's the hell is the name of that Luke Combs song, where it's essentially like a humble song, where, you know, you paid, you worked overtime to buy the tickets, um, the beer, and the and the babysitter, or whatever. I mean, yeah. people, people made sacrifices to come watch you play. Right. And you just left them holding the bag. And that, that sits kind of wrong with me. No, so, I mean, I, I'm with you 100% on that. I think that it was handled right. in a very, I don't, poor way. It was this is where, this is where I think I was different from a lot of people with their takes on it. They're everyone's hot takes on Twitter. I don't blame him for going to the game. I'm, I don't either. I, I'll say I'd, I, I'd be very tempted to do the same thing. I don't blame him for going to the game. I think the he way, handled it very poorly. The, the way it was handled is unacceptable. Yes. yes I agree with that. Um, the, I would have done everything in my power to have, m- like my happy ass at that game. Like, yeah. And what he should, and what he should do is he should offer a voucher to any show for that person. Actually, honestly, since he canceled, he's honestly should offer him two vouchers to any, to any, to any venue. Refund and a voucher. Yeah. Refund and a voucher to another show or a minimum, give him a refund on that show for whatever his cut of the ticket price would be. Cause you know, there's the problem is like with the, pr- the promoter. And, I think like, you should need the cost. And I think, I think you should need the he, cost. hundred percent. He probably should. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you should one. I mean, you know, he's huge. The money is not the issue for him. No. He can take a hit. So that's why I say, and to the right thing to do would be at least give them a full refund on the ticket. And if he wanted to be really charitable, I'd say, all right, you 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 can pick a venue on my next tour, and we'll yeah. give you a free ticket. Yeah, I agree with that. But but you know, I don't make those calls. Yeah, <clears throat> but you know, I think that would be the the consumer pro consumer move because if you don't have fans, you ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just a dude <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But like I said. Some things up with how I don't blame him for going to the game. Probably do the same thing. Handled it poorly. I mean, it's that that's simple to me. Like, could have handled it better. Should have canceled it beforehand, mm-hmm. so people had a chance to get uh, refunds on travel and stay and everything. But right. Eric Church canceled San Antonio show twenty thousand seats. Going to be at the Duke Carolina game. He's pulling for Carolina. Go to Hell Carolina. Let's go to Hell Carolina week. Moving next on the rundown. Like we said, Duke UNC Final Four. They've never met in the tournament before. Um, this is it's crazy that the first time they're meeting is in the final four. Uh, the last time that this almost happened was 1991 and Carol, they were on opposite sides. So they would have met for the national title, but Kansas ironically, who was coached by Roy Williams at the time, beat Dean Smith in Carolina. And then Kansas lost to Duke in the national title game that year. But we have a Duke Carolina matchup for those of you that are listening, not in the state of North Carolina. I know you're aware of the rivalry. I mean, if you have watched any 30 seconds of ESPN during March, you're aware of it. But you don't truly understand the rivalry. Unless you have been born and raised in North Carolina, you don't really get it. North Carolina, 
as a whole with college basketball, I argue is almost different than any other state just because the amount of like quality D one programs that we have uh, across the all sports, but in, in basketball, you've got four in the ACC that two are consistently good. And the other two ha- have their years in modern times, but we are the only state that has a combined 13 national titles um, in the college basketball tobacco road. Three of those teams are all in the same area. Duke and Carolina have been monsters for 30 years going at it. And, but it's not even about the success. It's about the fans and the fans in this sense, if you've grown up in North Carolina and you, it's, it's like a, a heated rivalry that will turn friends against each other. Family will not speak over these things. It, I can tell you personally, I grew up a Duke fan. Anytime Duke would lose a game, I was the only Duke fan in my class. Anytime Duke would lose a game, the whole class was waiting for me in fifth grade for me to walk on the door and I would just get berated by all the UNC fans. That's what it's like to for college basketball in North Carolina. It, it really is like it's almost to the level, not quite, but almost to the level of how they treat high school football in Texas. It's like it's a different level here than it is a lot of places because all these other states, they have one really good team. We have two and then a couple of others that have years where they're pretty good. So it's like and they're all pretty close by. It's it's just it's different in North Carolina. The rivalry with Duke Carolina is so heated and so hated. Like this was a, a game that the fans of both these schools didn't actually want to ever happen. It's the fo- the casual fans are the ones that are going to enjoy this more. This is going to take years off people's life having to watch this because if you lose this game, you pretty much have lost ground in the rivalry, in my opinion, forever. So, what do you guys think happens? San Antonio or San Antonio got the church thing on my mind. New Orleans this weekend, uh, Duke versus Carolina. Andy, go ahead. I think I don't want to jinx anything, but uh, I think Carolina is the worst thing that's ever existed. <laughs> and I hate them. Go to hell, Carolina. But I don't want to say anything else. Fair enough. Out of safety reasons. Kyle. For safety the, reasons for a jinx. Yeah. As the guy who doesn't like either school, but probably hates Carolina a little more. Uh, Well, so – Backstory. Um, so Duke is essentially where all the Northeast people send their kids to private school for a Southern ex- education. So the two thirds of Duke's student population is from like New Jersey and New York. Um, so they're not really a Southern school. Um, no, definitely not. No. Uh, UNC is, they like to consider themselves a public Ivy, but they're, they're, a they're just a um, shithole. Yeah. It's a shithole, shithole school. Yeah, it is. Um, it's not the same school my mom went to. <laughs> um, she'll be the first to admit it. Uh, and they're just, they're the wine and cheese crowd. I'm sorry. There's no other way to describe it. They don't even have a very good college basketball atmosphere considering their prowess. I have fallen asleep during a game at the Dean Dome. <laughs> but, well, yeah, their problem is when they built the Dean Smith Center, they essentially gave lifetime rights to tickets to people yeah. that donated X amount of dollars. So now you have just 80 year old men that just sit in primetime seats and they just cram the students in these little corners. And it's just lame. You know, they're all in their they're all in their Argyle sweaters and khakis and they just golf clap <laughs> yeah. with, a, with a free throw. Um checking their watch more times than Joe Biden. Yeah, they're the 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 institution that is the <clears throat> University of North Oh my God, send one fucking text message. I'm sorry. 
five <laughs> fucking individual sentences. I got to put my phone on, phone on mute. That just irks me to no avail. Uh, I've st- I've said before that I think I think the rivalry is going to take a small hit, being that Co- uh, K is retiring, um, and he is essentially the one that built the program. Um, they were good before but they weren't what they've become since he's taken the coach no but no other program really outside of carolina and maybe kentucky has been in that same time frame anywhere close to what duke has been like yeah he's almost other than i believe two appearances he's solely responsible and you know we we have our own debate about they had like uh 11 ACC titles before him they had four or five final fours and went to the national title game so the 19 things in the 60s i'm sorry they went they they were in the national championship game in 1978 two years before he got there yeah but uh, just the second winningest coach of the 1960s was duke's coach vic boobis nc state grad by the way but yeah boobis that was his name, yeah. Boobus. That's an awful name. It's an, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> an, Can you imagine being in third grade and they're like, hey, Victor, Victor Boobus. <laughs> oh, he got picked on hardcore. I just, like I said, he, he's solely responsible for Duke as a brand. The, yes. To be, yes. To, yeah, them as a blue blood, yes. 100%. He's solely responsible. 100%. He, has na- he has navigated modern college basketball like no one else because he's been there for 40 years. Yeah. Um, no other coaches even remotely close to that. Um, no. so, uh, in my honest opinion, I'm not, I, I'm, well, I don't care. I really don't care. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of those players really got butt hurt. The fact that they got their ass whooped on coach K's final game in Cameron indoor. And I think a lot of those ex players that were there really took exception to that. And they probably, you know, put a word in those players' ears, and I think they're going to put an ass whooping <laughs> down. I really do. I hope so. The I reason- think. Go ahead. My my honest opinion. I think Coach K rides out on top. I think it bothered Coach K that he lost like that. His 100% last game. Hundred percent. I and you know you don't really see him get animated a lot, but I don't think not these days. Not these days. He's seventy five. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he might have a heart attack, but. I I think I think it didn't sit with him well, and you yeah. can tell you can tell he's a, he's a, he's you know he's not his normal self. He's a little more out you know opened up a little bit in his forced tournament interviews or whatever. But like I said, I think um, I think Duke's gonna put an ass whooping down, <laughs> and but, I think Duke. Probably, I, th- I really think Duke takes the title. I think that it's. I hope what you're saying happens, um, just because it's just it, do. It, it, in reality, Duke is by far, when it comes to just sheer talent, they're by far the most talented team of the four that are in New Orleans. But Carolina and Duke are both playing really good basketball right now. And this game is a weird game in that the best team doesn't always win. It's not like a normal matchup. There is the rivalry implications on this that even if they're one of them is down one year, they still tend to play this game pretty close a lot of times. Like the NFC East. Yeah, yeah. Back before the NFC East sucked, because they were there was a time that the NFC East was a great, great division. But reality is, like, I am, I, I'm not really looking forward to this game. I think that this game is going to be very, very stressful, and that's mainly because I see your comment and agree with your comment about Carolina fans being the wine and cheese crowd, but that's only for the people that went there. 
the fan base that didn't go there is the most god awful group of human beings I've ever met in my life. Which is ninety nine percent of their fans. Yes, like the ones that, and half of them bought their apparel at Walmart in North Carolina. We call them the Walmart fans for UNC. They, mm-hmm. A lot of them have never stepped foot on campus a day in their life, and they've barely been within twenty miles of, of Chapel Hill. I mean, it's literally just like the mullet wearing Budweiser, crushing. You know, sitting there, hell yeah, brother. Uh, Roy and the boys gonna do it again. Kind of bullshit. Like they, they're the most no, god awful no, fan base <laughs> I've ever met in my life. And the university itself contradicts everything they believe. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously, like those folks that love UNC, the U, the university hates them. So it's like why they pull for them, I don't know. But I, I just, they, it it really is just the worst group of people. Uh, I don't mean as as people. I mean as fans. As a fan base, they're they the worst fan base. Yeah, they're insufferable. Insufferable. Like they I, there's, curious. there's, there's only two things I've said for years that I hate in this life. That's communism and the University of North Carolina. And there's some crossover in between those two. Okay, so the way I would describe them is, they think they are the Alabama of football. Yeah. However, they are nowhere. N- what they really are in football is more so a. They win probably once, a, a, you know, every three to. F- they're more of an Ohio State and not an Alabama. They're not even an Ohio State. No, they win probably once every three to five win what? years. They're perennially good every probably every five to seven years in football. No, in basketball. You said football. I know I'm comparing. I'm making a comparison uh, to uh, football. Okay. I get Alabama you. I get is good every single year. Yeah, in football. Year. Yeah, they think that's who they are. Yeah. They're, more, they're more so aligned with Alabama, uh, Ohio State when they get one transformative player. Yeah, who takes a good a good team and makes them great. And that's who I think they think they are. Um, but here's the thing: I, you know, as uh, as our esteemed. Um, Resident Homer Jordan said, "They're all Roy's players." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when they weren't very good, and he was, you know, not on the bandwagon with Heber Davis. I like I said, I don't. College basketball is changing. I think the rivalry is probably going to lose a little bit of its luster. I think so because I don't think many as many people care about John Shire and Huber Davis as they do about Roy Williams and Dean Smith and Kay. Yeah. I agree. I just I don't want to lose. Uh, don't want Duke to lose to UNC because, like I said, it's UNC too, it's too story, is the man. most insufferable group of miserable fucks you've ever met in your life. I literally hate the University of North Carolina with every fiber of my being, with the passion of a thousand burning hells. That's how much I hate that hellhole, that shithole school, University of North Carolina. Go to hell, Carolina. And one final thing, like like Logan said, um, my mother went there. So I have, I, you know, I have actually, I, I have a direct attachment to the university. Ninety nine percent of their fan base probably has never been to the pit. Probably has never yeah. been on Franklin Street. Has never seen Keenan Stadium. Who's never been to the student store? I grew up going to all of those places, and I still hate that damn place. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I like I said. And, you know, one of the things I always ride Jordan's ass about, he's like, oh, my granddad went there. I say, like, yeah, bro, in the fucking 60s. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, it's not even remotely the same school. Yeah, that was back when they still had their racist statues up, too. 
yeah, yeah. They they were yep. UNC was pro racism. Uh, just for all you people, there. yeah. Just just, just Google show, it. <laughs> yeah, to show how much different the university was. This is not going to get off on a political rant. <laughs> My mother watched Randy Travis at the Dean Smith Center, and then the following year, she watched Leonard Skinner at Hank Williams Jr. in the <laughs> Dean Smith Center. Those three people would not be allowed within a thirty-mile radius of that no. campus now, especially Randy Junior. <laughs> Yeah, and all I was gonna say is Randy Travis has never done anything wrong that we know about. Well, <laughs> except for still... that one time he he got naked and got drunk and laid out in the street or some shit. That's not he did do that one. Sound that bad? It's not even. It's not <laughs> even mean, comparison look, to Hank Williams. It, but... What was it? Uh, what was it? Uh, Mike Tyson said in the Hangover. Look, we all do stupid shit when we're fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, he just Randy Travis hasn't done anything that UNC when that's. I mean, okay, here's the here's the hypocritical part. They would get mad at Randy Travis for that, but they still do the naked mile. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the Snapchats from people I know yeah. there. They're running they through it. The, they're they running through, through the, the library campus. naked. Naked. Yep. They do that. They, yep. Pro sexual university. I was about to say, I think we should register all of them as sex offenders. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of young women that they tell a lot of public naked. nudity. Yeah, they tell a lot of young women to get naked and yeah. uh, streak. So. Yeah, Andy, they get to run through campus and run through the city naked while we get popped for freaking pissing at a parking deck one time. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Tell me the justice in that, America. Don't be in public. Get in a lot <laughs> Don't of trouble. be in public. You get in trouble and you have to do community service in my case. Andy, he just told the judge to fuck himself and Andy got like, <laughs> got able to walk free. Didn't make sense to me. <laughs> Either way, Carolina sucks. Go to hell, Carolina. Yeah, they do. All right, let's move in. Next on the rundown, we've got a few songs for you guys that we want to give some reactions to. Um, we've got one by Randall King. He's got a new album coming out called uh, the, the the song that we're going to be talking about here is called Shot Glass. Came out on Friday. Um, we've got another one by Jacob Stelly and Slade Culture called Burnout, and one by Andy's boy Josh Malloy um, called Already Dead, and then one by Derek Anderson featuring Josh Thompson called Days That End in Y, and that is W H Y. All right, we'll start off with Randall King, uh, Shot Glass. Play a clip of the course, and then we'll jump in. It ain't that it seems so small, but still somehow it holds it on. So here's a year and my checkered past. I'm gonna shoot it down and not look back. All her love. All right, so that's the course to shot glass by Randall King. So, Andy, what do you think? Contrary to what you people are about to say about me, I don't, uh, I have no objections to the song, uh, sonically. Uh, aside from that, I don't get it. I don't know what this song's about. It doesn't make sense to me. Somebody tell me what the song's about. I don't really think it has much of a meaning. I think it's just more of a reflective drinking song. I, I want to say that it's, I've got to give it some more listens to give it because uh, we just put this list together today for full disclosure. So we haven't had a chance to digest these songs in the normal amount of time. But I, I want to say it's like he was talking about his checkered past and he's like wanted to try to uh, start a life with a young lady. And he's like he, that part where he said, my checkered past, we're going to shoot it down like a shot glass. Like he's going to move forward in, in his relationship. But um, why do you want to keep talking about old stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why well, you gotta keep bringing that shit up? Why you gotta keep bringing up old shit, man? 
<laughs> I find it funny how that one time five years ago. <laughs> it's funny how that always just get brought up. At I know the most hey, random times. I know in narrator, it was not funny. <laughs> All right, Kyle, what did you think of the song? I think um, you could replace release 2022 with 2003, and it would. There's no. There's almost no difference in what you would hear on the radio in 2003 in this song, which I like. Yeah. I like the sound of the late 90s, early 2000s country. Irrespective of what I think it's about, I don't really think it's a very deep song. I think it's, like I said, it's just more of a retrospective drinking song. Um, and I like it. Just I like the I like the sound. I like the way he sung the song. Like It just... It sounds like something you would hear on country radio in 2003, yeah. which I am extremely fond of. I like it too because it's uh, it's very Randall King is unabashedly uh, neo traditional, which I I really dig about his sound. He is a guy that said that he holds the O three Dirk Bentley self titled debut album in high mm, regard great, and loves that album. that era. Dirk's as do I. Those first three records is always they still hold up. So give me song. He's just, he's signed to a mainstream label now. So it's like, he's getting the big push that those guys in Nashville get. So I'm, I'm for it. I like shot glass. I love the near traditional sound. Like this is country music by God, country music. So I'm about it. Randall King shot glass. All right. Next up. Go ahead. He has, he has the name of a classic country singer too. (laughs) Yeah, he really does. And he has the vocals. It's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good name. Yeah. And it just works that his name is Randall, too. Like, mm-hmm. instead of like Rand, it's like Randall King. It's perfect country name. Yeah. Yep. All right. So next up, we have one by Jacob Selling and Slade Coulter. They co-wrote this song together. Uh, it's called Burnouts. So play a clip and then be right back. All right, so it's Burnout by Jacob Stelly and Slade Coulter. Uh, we'll go reverse order this time. I like this song a lot. <clears throat> it's it's kind of up my alley. It, look, it's sad boy music and a sad boy season, folks. But it's sad boy music. It's um, I, I like the I like both their voices. Um, I think you guys kind of said this before. I think that um, I think that they both kind of are. Stelly reminds me a little bit of Parker. You guys say Slade vocally reminds you a little bit of Parker, but I I like their vocal styles. <clears throat> this song in particular, I it's kind of like it's not working out in the relationship, and you know he's like he's a burnout. He's uh, uh, basically it's is she giving up or or in or on him? Like how is the relationship going to go? And I, it's like at the very beginning where he's saying that he uh, is trying to avoid the things that are better left unsaid, but he lets it go to his head. There's obviously a problem in the relationship and it's starting to bother him and he doesn't want it to end, but you know, maybe he just isn't good enough for her and he never will be. But you know, that's, I like the song a lot right up, right up my alley. So Kyle. Yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree with pretty much what you said. Um, This is like that kind of hybrid sound of, whatever's coming out of texas i don't really know how we classify it now it it's got it's not quite your typical sad boy country song 
it's almost like a sad boy hybrid rock sound and alt rock alt rock that's, hey, that's a great way to describe it uh and i love that that type of that that genre um i know you just alluded to it i think me and andy are a little more on the slade coulter side of the song than um what's his face <laughs> name is alluding me now all right jacob stelly jacob stelly yep um terrible things but I, like I said, I like it a lot. Um, it was actually the one I listened to the most of the three you sent me. It's actually probably my favorite of the three. Yeah. Some. Yeah. It to to if you guys were saying that Randall King, you know, he has a you said he has a perfect country name. I think his voice is like very suited for country music. Stelly's is not like super traditional country. It's like I said, it's, it's similar in my mind to Parker in that way, how it's not like a traditionally country, like sounding like voice to me, but Andy, what'd you think of burnout? I didn't get enough time to get into the lyrics. of this one enough. Um, I like it. Um, it's like that Stelly's voice didn't show up to me until like they did a song he did this this song with uh Slade Coulter. Like his stuff by itself, it never it never bothered me. It, it is I didn't notice it. Um I think they both sound like Parker. They both like it's the way they enunciate certain words. I don't know if you believe like their accent or like something. I think they both sound like Parker, but I do think uh Slade sounds more like Parker <laughs> than Stelly. I think it's just the phrasing. I don't know if that's a like what part of Texas they're from or if maybe if Parker had influence on them. I don't really know their background musically on what they were into, but they're, I mean, it, it's the phrasing of it. I think it reminds me of how he phrases things. So it's like, it's not saying that they're just like Parker McCollum sonically and vocally, but no. it's kind of like what kind of came to mind a little bit with the way they kind of had some phrasing. But there's somebody else from that area that like says certain words. Like we, I guess more so maybe it's just Parker is the first one we heard do it. And that's why we say Parker. Yeah, probably so. But yeah, I oh, could see uh, Parker covering the song and being. Oh, I could see this being a Parker McCollum song. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good song, but yeah. All right, now moving into the one where it's Derek Austin. Don't know anything about this guy, um, but I came across this and I decided to listen to it because it was featuring Josh Thompson, and I am a pretty big Josh Thompson fan. I would say, um, I I was a big fan of his mainly because like when I was sixteen. Uh, when that uh, era, his cold beer with your name on it era, um, I, I was a big fan of that music at the time when I just got my license. I used to listen to it in the F-150 all the time. So when I saw that, I was like, I want to listen to it. So play a clip from the song and then we'll jump in. Why are you burning up some West Coast town? Why you ain't around when the stars come out? Why you gotta keep showing up? You were gone for So this days it end in Y, and that's W-H-Y, not the letter Y, as the old saying goes. So Kyle, what did you think of this one by Derek Austin featuring Josh Thompson? Uh, well, first, it's the, probably the most pop country of the four. Um, I like what the song is attempting to do. I don't like the 
generic cliches it puts in there I feel like they're kind of filler you know dirt roads and blah 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 um when i saw the title of the song i was really really optimistic i was like "Ooh, that's clever that's a clever name of a song it just didn't it didn't quite land to me um i it just it's one of those songs you're like oh because I saw the like, like I said, I saw the title and I was like, "That I love it's a good, yeah, it's a great wordplay." And I, I, ooh, I, if this is good, I could see this being phenomenal. But it just didn't. I mean, it's a good song. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, mean, I, I it's 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 friendly to listen to. Yeah. Um, it's as far as lyrically goes, I think it kind of missed. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I think I like it a little more than. Uh, you do, but at the same time, I think it's very similar. And how I look at it is how, like that Tommy Rhett song we talked about, where he was like learned a lot from inmates and everything that he did. Oh with yeah, yeah, yeah Blue Tacoma Man and the other uh, half of FGL. Yeah. Uh, the other is like it's a great idea for a song that maybe wasn't yeah. executed to the level that it could have been. Yes, the title so, is just freaking. The title is phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, it's a great title for a song, and I I think the song is very pleasant to listen to. I like the the melody and the chorus. Like you said, it's it's pretty pop country in some ways. Like it's it, I'm not a hater of pop country. Like I think that for example, well, like Haley Witter's new record is some of it is pop country done really well. So mm-hmm. it's just a, a good example of how pop country in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's when pop no. country is bad, it's bad. This song I don't like the program beats in parts of it. I don't like some of the production choices, but I, it's not enough to piss me off. Like I, I do like the song overall and it's something that I definitely will listen to again. It's, oh, yeah, um, yeah. it's, it's a pleasantly done song that is probably sounds good when it's sunny in 75 and you're riding down the road. Um, but it is a little bit of a disappointment in that the title is so awesome and it yes. just didn't quite live up to it. Uh, from yeah. a songwriting perspective, but overall, I really I do like the song. So, oh yeah, I listen to it. It's just like it, it like I was just disappointed. <laughs> that's yeah. title. I was like, ooh, that's clever. Yeah, as fuck. I mean, uh, you hit the hammer, uh, the nail on the head when you talked about like they had to mention like Dirk Road and everything. Like if this was like 2006, I mean, it hadn't have been said to death like it has now. Yeah, like yeah, we get it, been... Dirt Roads. And Andy and I went on a tirade on like one of the first few episodes on this. How Dirt Roads actually kind of suck. <laughs> like they, oh, they're, they're, the they really are terrible. The dirt Road, yeah. yeah, Dirt Roads suck. I don't know how everybody wants to fetish fetish I can't even say that word, but you know what I mean. They they want to have a fetish over Dirt Roads. They suck. Tarmac Andy... superior. There's a reason. <laughs> D, there's a reason DOT pays roads. They're <laughs> 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 not all dirt. <laughs> Andy, what'd you think of this one by Derek Austin and Josh Thompson? I probably like it more than you guys do. I do agree. I wish they would have left Dirt Road. That that line was that would have replaced it with almost anything else other than tight blue jeans. But um, <laughs> this, um, so I agree with that. Um, I really like the title, but to me, um, I really I wasn't let down by the title because I had the same thought Kyle did. But um, I don't. This is one of those where I don't not every song has to be super deep. So I think it's, um, it's not a super deep song, but I think it's perfectly fine for not being, I don't want to say perfectly fine. That's probably not the way I think it is really good for a, um, not super deep song. It's, um, it too, it's also kind of classic Josh Thompson to me. Like, um, it's very similar to Colbert with her name on it. Yeah. Which I still really like that song. So I could be biased. Cause I am, 
big Josh Thompson fan, but uh, I in the the production that Logan mentioned, I uh, it was it was small enough that I didn't even notice it. Yeah, until he pointed it out, I didn't even hear it. I think some of that too could have been. Um, you said you weren't listening to it on your best speaker, where I was like using my yeah. my headphones, so it was mm-hmm. like I was able to hear the things, the instruments lower in the mix, probably a little more easily. But that yeah. could have been it too. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. I, I agree. It's qu- it's quintessential Josh Thompson, and I like Josh Thompson. I like his music. It's, I even like his bad songs. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's like like you said, it's it's you can draw a line between this and Cold Beer with your name on it. I really like that song, and I enjoy that song. Um, but it's it's like it's shallow end of the pool kind of stuff. It's not, but like you said, not every song has to be deep. But at the same time, when you have a song that's like. When you got every a day that ends in why like that, I expect a little more. Yeah, when you got a banger title like that, it's like writing, it's like having a phenomenal title to a book and the pages are just empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, or it's like writing a great headline in a newspaper and then the story just doesn't live up to your banger. So you mean a, every newspaper article that's ever existed? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know, half of writing a good newspaper article is the headline. So, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, trust me. On our blog, I try to write clickbaity headlines all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to game the system. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just I was so excited for that title, and it, and that that might be my own problem. I got really excited about the title. I think the same here. I the reason I clicked on it was because Josh Thompson, and then I read the title, and I was like, "Ooh, this could be good." Yeah. And then it was like the it was good, but it, yeah, it was like the yeah. title was phenomenal. Like I think I usually get really let down though on titles. Yeah. I, Overall, solid song. Like you know, yeah, it's a solid song. I, I just, solid song. Maybe in my head, I was expecting more. Just yeah. based on but that, yeah. that might be a personal problem that, that I need to solve. <laughs> but you know, that's yeah, what that's we're here. Derek Austin featuring Josh Thompson, Days at End and Why. All right, last up on this music roundup here on the Cold Cans Rundown, a <clears throat> uh, guy that we did a reaction video for a song on Washington Street. Andy discovered him. Um, it's Josh Malloy, and he has a new song called Already Dead. Andy, I'm going to throw it over you, kind of give a little bit more on the background. You found this song, and I think that if I, I wouldn't be wrong in saying that you're a pretty big fan of it, so give us a recap of Already Dead by Josh Malloy. I, uh, <clears throat> we always like when we t- generally when we're talking about turnpike songs, how we always say they're like short stories to me. This song basically is a short story in song form, it's a short story with a chorus, basically. Um, I really like the rocking chorus that it has to it, I like how, uh, it is uh, exceptionally dark lyrically, which I kind of think kind of makes it a little better. Also, makes it maybe I'm crazy, but uh, the uh, you always have like I murder like, songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not always murder songs. They're usually a little. Uh, Someone dies in it. <laughs> they're 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 extra for whatever the uh, the lyrically is about. The but um, I like how the last course. Um, changes the previous courses into past tense i'm always like when people do that and i generally i don't like the one the way um 
I guess it would be falsetto the way he sings the very last part of the song. But well, the, no, uh, I think that's it. I want to say that's a different singer because it's supposed to be a character change. Yeah, I think it's still him though, but it is, is a character it? change. Yeah, it's a character. I think so it is. That's something that we need to like mention because that's important with this song. Like, there's it. it there's a clear. Well, I don't think it's totally hundred percent clear, but I think that it is a relatively clear narrative throughout the song, which I find really cool. <clears throat> of where Andy, tell me if I'm wrong on this. But like a guy placed a gun on the uh, original narrator. He gets framed for something. I'll go he through, goes to jail. Talk, go through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. The uh, the sheriff. Uh, he got um, the song starts out that he uh, it was a train wreck and he a prison train wreck. And he got out and then uh, he went looking for the sheriff that put him in jail because it he thinks the sheriff planted a gun under his pillow for the uh, crime that he didn't commit. So he goes and tracks down the sheriff and uh, sheriff and uh, brutally murders him. And then um, the uh, and then it's that character change at the end. And one of the things I like about the character change is at first it doesn't make any sense. But the character change is that someone else has come and uh, tracked him down because he uh, he heard his wife when she was uh, when she was sleeping whispered his name, and so he was banging his wife. So then he goes back <laughs> and uh, he planted the gun and sent him to jail, and then he uh, then he kills the uh, person that escaped original the narrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like you said, I like this song. I think that it's. Um, it's there's a narrative throughout it which I find really cool. I think my criticism of the song is it's too damn long. Like anything over four and a half minutes, I, I have a hard time staying and paying attention to. Um, seven minutes is entirely too that. long for it. But this song it did it pretty well. I mean, I, I like the storyline behind it. Um, his music definitely leans pretty rocky, you know, mm-hmm. sonically, which you know I'm cool with. But overall, I liked it. My biggest complaint with the song is the way it's mixed. Um, the music is louder than his voice in a lot of the song. And I had to listen to it like five times to just hear what he was saying. You know, when you, um, yeah. it's almost like, it, almost like a wall of sound. Yeah, that, I don't know it, if it's it's like, it doesn't that. give the vocals enough room to breathe. Yeah, if they would have just made the instruments a little quieter and his voice a little louder, I think it would have done a lot more for the song. Like, and I don't know if it was done that way on purpose. If it was, well, you know, they're the artiste, and I'm not. But I like I said, I felt like an old man listening to the song because I was like, rewind thirty seconds. What did he say there? I'm sitting here listening like this. Like the music's too damn loud. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, "What? Okay, 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 okay." Now, now I get it. And if I have to put effort into, it sounds like such a lazy ass thing to say. But if I have to put an extensive amount of effort into listening just to know what you're saying, I think that that's a, like to be able to hear it audibly, just to, or to just, just to hear like, it audibly. It. Yeah, yeah, hear yeah, it audibly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. That's what reason Andy used to never like Isbel was because Andy said that he could his voice was too low in the mix. Yeah, I mean, I also can't understand him the way he sings. I can't understand his words. I'm just not a very big fan of him, but um, personal <laughs> reasons. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just too low in the mix. I think I don't know if it's because you know he's up and coming and he didn't. And have a slick audio engineer or, or what? I mean, recording is expensive, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I'm yeah. not knocking him for it. I'm just, you know, it is what it is. It's just yeah. when I'm trying to listen to it, 
and I hear more of the guitar than I do of you. Yeah. And to into the song, it's just way damn too long. <clears throat> yeah, this like the song's like, too damn long. It's like a 70s rock song that has a three-minute guitar solo in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't have it. <laughs> right. So, you know, I do appreciate the the, when you, the narrative, the line yeah. that's thrown throughout and with the story behind it. Because it, it's the opposite. It's the the very opposite of what we normally criticize songs about where they're very checklisty. And it's just like yeah. they had a, you know, well, we said something about trucks. We said something about tailgates. We said something about dirt roads. We're good to go. Throw a catchy hook on it and we're good. It's a song, yeah. three minutes. But this one's the opposite. That's I can't even say it. it's a short story, but it's too damn long. To your point, it's mm-hmm. unique. And the other thought I would had about it is that it is so much like a short story. I mean, would this necessarily be a song that you would go back and listen to many times? I would go back and listen to it, but it would be, it depends on the context of where I'm doing. If I'm driving down the road on a long trip, yes, probably. If I'm just doing my commute from the office to home, probably not. Because it's just like, I'm not, at that point in the day, I'm not really listening to the song to absorb the music. You know what I mean? The song is longer than my commute to work and then back home. Aren't you fortunate? (laughs) (laughs) But it's a good song. Yeah, that, I think this song is longer than what it takes Chick Fil A to serve me lunch when oh, the cars yeah, those, are wrapped around the building. Well, those fuckers <laughs> at Chick Fil A literally have that shit down pat. So, oh, they, they're in this town. Our Chick look, our Chick Fil A is jamming, but they're pretty efficient. Very, yeah, pretty damn efficient. They have yeah, the sign have up no in the front today. Oh, that's unfortunate. Look, have you seen their sign they have out front where they says how many customers they serve between eleven and two? Yeah, they did yeah. over four hundred cars. It's crazy crazy yeah i was like yeah that place is kicking butt oh yeah but yeah, yeah the song's I mean, too damn long it you know if i'm listening to led zeppelin and i know there's a damn three minute guitar solo in the middle i don't feel like listening to it i can just slide over it oh man i never i never listened to the whole uh solo for Freebird. yeah so you, see, you know like i said you you can you can skip it and then get back to him saying the song you can't skip it's just it's way too damn long <laughs> Hundred percent, but uh, seven other, minutes is way too damn long. <laughs> I don't have an attention span long enough. Overall, though, this was a good group of songs this week that were released that we we yep. had. Uh, it's one of the better groups of songs we've had in a while. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but all right, so that's the music roundup this week on the Cold Cans Rundown. Uh, last thing before we get out of here is you know we talked about March Madness Final Fours this weekend, so we decided quick to end the show with a draft of some sort where we're going to draft each of us get three picks. And the context of it is we, it's just like the NBA draft or NFL draft. You can't draft the same player there. So you can't draft the same tournament here. We're doing our uh, draft of three best or three favorite uh, playoffs or tournaments, meaning like hockey playoffs, um, like Mm -hmm. NFL playoffs, things like that, the March madness. So um, we'll start, we'll give Andy the first pick, Kyle, second pick me third, um, Andy, what is actually? Let's not do that because Andy doesn't like sports. So Kyle, you get the first pick. Andy will get the. Snake? Are we doing snake? Yeah, we'll do snake draft. So uh, right. Kyle goes first. I go second. Andy third, and then we'll reverse it. And so you'll basically be, um, first or third, right? Every yeah, time. Yeah. So yep. All right, Kyle. First pick in the best tournament slash playoff draft. Who are you taking? It's not even a question. It's the NFL playoffs. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not even a question. It's, it's just not even a question. NFL sucks. No, no. NFL's it's just phenomenal. 
It's phenomenal television for a month straight. It's all rigged. Eh. <laughs> if you if you pick the college football playoff after you just said that, I'm going to call you a mess. No, I'm I'm going with oh, the okay. clear number. Okay. What should have been the number one overall, and mm. but it's number March two Madness. in this draft. It's March Madness. It's not is even that close. the men's or is it the men's or the women's? Either one. It's the same format basically. I mean, so like March Madness. Are they the same? Well, no. On an aside, did you know that this year's the first year that they the NCAA allowed the women's tournament to use the term March Madness? Really? Yeah. They, they weren't allowed to use March Madness until this year. That's crazy. Which I thought was wild. That's very crazy. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's March Madness. I mean, literally, mm. it's single elimination. You have <clears throat> really 64 because you have the play-in, but whatever, 68 teams. And mm-hmm. it's just an incredible amount of games the first weekend. You always have upsets. Like, this mm-hmm. this year's story with St. Peter's was incredible. Um, make, they're a 15 seed who don't even pay their assistant coaches, and they made it to the Elite Eight this year. I mean, come on. No other sport has a playoff or tournament scenario that's this exciting, this much chaos, this much, dare mm-hmm. I say, madness in March. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it's not a best of seven. Uh, this is one thing the NFL has going for it. I got to say, it's not a best of seven, like in most professional sports or anything. It's literally um, the best team doesn't always win because on any oh. given day you can lose. And it makes for a crazy fun field uh, tournament over the course of a few weeks. So for me, it's yeah. March madness. It's my first pick. Andy. Do I get, so you said I get the next two picks. Yes, but yes. for oh. round one, what's your pick in the number three slot? Oh, give me uh, Major League Baseball. Mm, that's solid. Because for every reason you just said about March Madness, I like the game seven where you can't get an almost can't get an upset. I like that. Game yeah. five and game seven, yeah. And I'm also going to say that basically hockey and college baseball is all basically based off Major League Baseball, isn't it? I don't know. No, I don't know. College baseball is not anything like. No. There's college baseball. baseball is not, but uh, hockey yeah, is the same, isn't it? Yeah. It it is. Is. Same, similar, yeah. same format. It's yeah. five and then seven. Yeah. So, do you pick an NHL or college baseball? Uh, I got uh, Major League Baseball. You yeah. pick again. Now you're round two. Uh, I get What's your pick first again, pick? Uh, World Cup. Oh, mm. my gosh. I actually like that. I like the way that's Damn done. Damn Dude, it, soccer is such a such a ridiculously it, stupid sport. Damn it, I did this. That's, granted, that was what I, I was going to pick. Stupid too, but I like how I everybody goes back and plays for their home country. Well, too bad we're playing a dumb sport. That. mm that's. I that's would prefer it to be a different terrible sport, opinion. but I like the way the tournaments formatted. We're not doing uh, sports. You say we're doing tournament tournaments. Yeah, yeah. the World Cup is in Doha this year, where it's going to be 150 degrees. Doha is a made up place. No, yeah, no, you sound real, Kyle. It's in Qatar because FIFA is incredibly corrupt. <laughs> Qatar is a peninsula in the of Saudi Arabia, and it's in it's yeah, it's going to be insanely hot. And they essentially gave it to them because they bought it because oil. Yeah, in um, the 2026 World Cup, it's going to be shared between the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. So we'll be here in 2026, which I don't know why we're sharing it with Canada and Mexico because, you know, we don't need to. We can just host it ourselves. We have all the best stadiums in the world. All I can say is Trump wouldn't let that happen. (laughs) Trump's actually the reason they got it, surprisingly, but they made them share it. 
Really, I mean that's not that's a truthful statement. Jeez. He said the U.S. needed a World Cup to rehost because last time they did it was 1994. Now the men's and then two, 1996 wow. for the women's. Anyway, my next one is going to be. Doesn't snake me and I go next? Yes, you are correct. Yeah. So yeah, my second pick in round two of the best tournament slash playoffs. Ironically, I hate soccer, but I like this sport a lot, and that's the NHL playoffs. NHL mm. playoffs are an intense, intense thing. And if you ever have been to some playoff games live, and I've been to four or five uh, Canes games in the playoffs, I was at game six when uh, they beat the uh, the Capitals, mm. and OV got kicked out mm. right before the end of the game, which forced a game seven to have to go to D.C. for them to eventually eliminate the Caps. It's a different animal being there live, and it's just so exciting, so intense. I mean, shoot, Andy, you saw the uh, the games when we were sitting there in that little dive bar in South Carolina watching the uh, Canes Islanders. Those were like just a, a shutout. But the previous round that we went to, incredible sports mo- uh, moments, incredible passion, intensity. The roof almost blew off a of PNC. That place was so loud. NHL playoffs, my second pick. Good choice. Uh, even though I don't know half the rules of hockey. Hmm. If I had to go, neither does half my, the people in the arena. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, down south, really, anyways. Yeah, I don't know half the rules. If I, I had like to fight, yeah, the fights are good. I do support. I do like hockey because they they encourage fighting. Uh, if I had to pick the, let's see, I don't really want to pick this one, but we're getting into the weeds here. Hmm. I'm probably going to go with um, the college football, uh, college baseball postseason. Damn. Road to Omaha. Yeah. Um, because I like the regional. If you're a top 16 seed, you host. And then if you're the higher of the winner of the regional, you host a super regional. And then, you know, obviously going to Omaha. Um, it's uh, it's fantastic. Um, double elimination. And... Like I said, it's the only sport that my alma mater has any chance of winning a national title in. So I, I you know, I like it a lot. I don't know. You did win the um, back-to-back champions in the Barstool Best College Bar. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't really count that though. Yeah. All right. Well, what's uh, Kyle? It's back to you, Snake Draft. Oh, is it back to me? It's, okay. It's um, your uh, your third pick to fill out your roster on the best tournament hmm. slash playoff. Hmm. All right, you're gonna yawn again, but it's actually the English FA Cup. I don't even know what that is. Right. What sport so, is that? It's soccer. All right. So what it is is essentially English soccer is is formulated very similar to how the baseball has the farm leagues. All right. So you have your top league, which is like your NFL. Then you, or let's look at it, NBA. You have your NBA teams, and you have your G League teams, but they're not. They're all privately owned. They're not farm teams of other teams. Well, anyway, they all have a tournament. Fuck you both. <laughs> but anyway, you can get some wild ass games where essentially guys that are accountants on Monday through Friday are playing against guys that are making $250,000 a week, professional soccer players. And they're in an English tournament. And you get some wild finishes where those guys are actually, you know, in an English final in, in Wembley, which is an 80,000 seat stadium playing against, you know, the best players in the world. Anyway, I bored you to sleep. So please continue. Yeah. Well, you learned something no, about soccer. 
there's no other tournament like that where you know guys regular that are people play, yeah are playing that's kind of cool world, world class so, athletes so they, is it essentially rough and rowdy but mike tyson's entered essentially so there's four divisions of english soccer you have the premier league which is you know world class that many people like soccer yeah we have four divisions and then so you know you have your big big really big clubs and then you have your small like the carolina mudcats are essentially playing against the new york yankees for a chance to win the title and you know those guys are making pennies compared to it's imagine it's imagine like a farm league baseball team that's not owned by the parent club yeah, playing yeah. against the New York Yankees. Right. They're very small local teams that are in towns of like, you know, 30,000 people playing against, you know, the New York Yankees for a chance at the World Series. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's a very cool cool tournament they run. <coughs> I think that's me for pick round 2 and pick 3-1. So yeah, so that leaves me. And this is a new tournament, actually. It's one that has been conducted here within the Cold Cans Network for two straight years over on the Miserable and Reckless pod. We have it. We call it the Southern 64. Every year in the lead up to March Madness, we have a similar setup to um, college basketball, but we pick four different brackets of music, sports, events, and or people, uh, drinks and or food and southern sayings and Mm -hmm. we've had some pretty pretty cool winners like tailgating one a couple years ago i want to say that i actually think saturday in the grove uh (laughs) tailgating at ole miss one against do what now the southern phrase that apparently we all say and i didn't realize we say it all the time but we do this past year it was a matchup of titans um Mm. but we declare the that year's most southern person place thing um on miserable and reckless so the southern 64 tournament always a lot of fun we get to vote on it on the air and we do it weekly until we're down to a champion so how did how did y'all lose the phrase y'all the reason it lost is because the reason we voted it out was y'all is on a list of Southern sayings that Southern people, while they do say when carpetbaggers from the North move down here, they look up a Buzzfeed article and look up mm. Southern things so they can mm. feel Southern and fit in and they overuse it. So it's been, mm. so it's like, we don't want to pick like, just play the hits. We want the deep cuts. Mm. that only real Southerners. No. And a, a, another suit. True Southern phrase is podunk. Yeah. Oh, but it's more of like an old Southern phrase. Yeah. I don't say I that. I do I say y'all and do what now? Do what Sometimes now all the same time. time. Yeah. yeah. Do what yeah. now, y'all? <laughs> the other, another good one is uh, what's his face? Yeah. <laughs> or that, what you call it. Or what you call it. Or what you call it. Or do hickey. Think I'm a jig. Do That's a good one. But, yep. Think I'm a jig. But yeah, Southern 64 Terminal, Miserable and Reckless. Check that out. Uh, so that's my top three. Andy, what's your last pick in the draft? Mine is since now that uh, racing has gone to playoff types, and I've been told I'm now old-fashioned and traditional. Um, my favorite is the no tournament. I like it how you have to just win all year long. You have to be the best. There's no upsets. The best wins. For the same reason y'all doesn't win, because it's clearly the best. There's no upsets. I like no tournament. All year long, winner wins. It's kind of how um, college football used to be before this abysmal abomination that is the CFP. Yes. You can't luck into a no tournament win. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, actually going looking back at it, I support the BCS. And then I think yes. if you have a tie, just let those two play. Yeah. 
agree. Yeah, be- because really, every year they've had the college football playoff, it's always two teams. Yeah, it's we had way more champions and way more uh, parity in the sport back when the computers did it. Yeah, it and there's every year there's just two teams. Yeah, two of the teams in the college football playoff get get waxed. Yes, the semis are almost always not a game. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah, they're gonna get waxed, and the national title is always a game. And it, it also helped where the best recruits started going to the same five schools more than yeah. they were before. It's like the, there was actually college football was actually better when the regular season, to your point in NASCAR, Andy, actually meant more. And like you used to, if you lost one game, sometimes in this BCS era, you were done. Um, only a few people could actually lose a game. Now, yeah. like we're, we're having discussions every year. Could a two loss SEC team make the CFP? Like, yeah, yeah. This is back to my point. You disagree with it, but the power of five is five schools, not five conferences. And to, when it comes in terms of national titles, yes, I like I yes. don't. I've never disagreed with that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. but anyway, but, but yeah. So that's our uh, top three each. I had uh, March Madness NHL playoffs and the miserable and reckless Southern sixty four. Kyle, I had the NFL. I had the FA Cup and college baseball. College baseball, Omaha, Andy. MLB World Cup and no tournament. No tournament at all. Old school NASCAR. Mm-hmm. But old all right, well, <laughs> old fashioned. All right. Well, uh, make sure you go check us out on social media, on the TikTok, our YouTube channel. Click subscribe. We hit the alert bell. Um, go check us out on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram. I mean, we're on all that shit these days. Uh, going over to the Truth website. Social. Cold yeah, Truth Social. <laughs> whatever that thing is. Yeah, yeah whatever that ridiculous app. <laughs> but uh, check us out on ColdCansNetwork.com. We have more blog content. I just put up one a couple of days ago where I uh, talked about the man, the myth, the legend himself, Chris Jenkins, how he is UNC's daddy, and he twisted a knife on Twitter. Good right, read. Check badass, that out. Yeah. ColdCansNetwork.com. Yeah. Uh, follow us on all that. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon, pretty much where podcasts are available. Give us five stars. Great review. All right. For this mm-hmm. episode of Country and Cold Cans, I'm Logan Sinner with Trucker Andy and Kyle. And what a wall, and we still ain't sold out. We'll see you next time. That was badass. One, two, three, four.